You're listening to You Should Read This, a comic book and graphic novel review and discussion podcast. My name is Ryan. And I'm Alan. Uh, today we're going to talk about The Wicked and the Divine. Which is something that I picked because everybody else in the world has read this except for me, apparently. I don't know if that's necessarily the case that everybody has read this. but Okay, well, hyperbole every- is... Everybody should have read this. <laughs> Uh, and then we're not going to talk about the whole series because it's not done. It's still ongoing. Um, but uh, we didn't want to just do one trade either. So we did uh, the year one collection, which I think is technically the first two trades, the first 10 issues of the book. Is it the first two trades or is it the first like trade and a half? Because I thought... The f- it's the first two trades, I think. Okay, because it's 11 issues. So it's issues one through 11. And normally trades are like issues what one through... Six? Uh, I th- I've seen a lot of trades be issues one through five. It, Yeah, you're right. It is definitely issues one through 11. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't... I think the trades might be one through six and... and For an image book, 12. that would make sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I probably have the trades here on my device and I could check, but I, I didn't check before we started recording. <laughs> I, I have a question since we're at sure. the top of the show. Should we, like, put a... Um, explicit tag on this one just because like i don't know we not every book we're going to read is going to be super family friendly we're going to read a lot of family friendly books this may or may not be one of those um let's see where it goes okay that's fine (laughs) maybe just as far as this is this is the verbal warning that says we will be dealing with mature themes and yeah i mean there's definitely some dying and other stuff that happens yeah Um, And and a lot of similar humor across yeah, a lot of these issues. Um, so I I thought this was the best way to go. Speaking of issues one through eleven, because I always feel like the first six issues of a book are like a real good indication of like the first. I, I feel like the first issue is a good indication of um, like the writing team, as it were. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously they change and they get better over time, but yeah. the first the the first trade is always like a good indication of the story arc. Um, but I always, uh, but I, I would prefer that if we're going to read um, like an image Marvel, DC, etc. kind of book, that we read the first two trades at least. Yeah, um, I mean, I feel like it. It depends on is this a long running, ongoing thing? Mm-hmm. You know, is this a saga? Is this something like that, or is this, you know, is this a uh, a miniseries? Right. Also true. Um, uh, because there are some, there are some where like each six issue arc is a series of its own and then they build into something over time. It's sort of like how uh um injection is. The Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh the Declan Shelby Warren Ellis book. Like each trade sort of stands alone, but then you get like a bigger picture of an arc after you read a couple of trades. Right. That makes sense. And I, I feel like right now our our uh our brand as it were is sort of gonna be just like, hey we're gonna read a bunch of comics that are all like are in a same similar story arc and just give impressions about it. Um, uh, speaking of which of ongoing, is this monthly? It is roughly monthly. (laughs) Okay. Um, it, it was pretty steady. I think what they do is they take a month off every time a trade comes out. Gotcha. Makes sense. So they'll do six issues. Uh, and then the next month a trade will come out and there won't be a new issue. And then the month after that, at least that's, that's how the schedule was at first. I think it's, it's moved around a little bit as, um, you know, they've done sort of different stuff with the book. They, they actually, um, so let's start talking about the people who made it. So it's written by Kieran Gillen. Uh, Jamie McKelvey is the artist. Matthew Wilson is the colorist. Clayton Cowles is the letterer. Uh, there are two designers credited, Hannah Donovan and Sergio Serrano. Um, and then just to round out the whole thing, Chrissy Williams is the editor. D. Caniff is the flatter, which is a stage um, of color after inking before coloring. Yeah. And then they have uh, a couple of other, actually they have a guest colorist on uh, issue four for the first two pages. Uh, there's somebody credited for map design in issue seven and somebody credited with flyer design. Allison Samson and Tom Muller. Muller. Yeah. Nathan Fairbairn is the guest colorist. 
Man, there's so many people throughout like these eleven issues. Well, and then they have like tons of guest covers, um, and the back matter says they didn't do guest covers so much for the like selling ability of it, but more that they wanted to, um, they wanted to, you know, kind of like really show off the pop star side of this whole situation. Yeah, and actually, what I'm doing right now is I'm. I did not see the designer credit for um, Hannah or, or Sergio. And I'm trying to figure out, like, what does that entail? Did they come up with all of the fashions and the looks for everybody? Is that what I that think, is? I think that's not – it's less character designer and more, like, layout and design. I'm trying to figure out for what, though, not for the comic, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that... I know, like, in okay. uh, Motor Crush, there's a designer credited, and he's credited not different from the letterer. For doing all of the like logo design and because um, you know how they have like the the different bubbles that look like bugs that would be on TV and stuff like that. Interesting. In Motor Crush, so they have a credit. They have a designer credited for that. Um, huh. So I think it's it's like book designer and like think of every like interstitial page that's not actually um text but like the pages that have all of the different uh symbols in the circle and stuff like that okay wow i'm sure that like mckelvey kind of had a hand in or maybe drew those logos but i think it's somebody else who actually does the designs interesting i was not aware that was a thing yeah no it, it totally is because there are some people who are better at at design than they are at art apparently she's really into tigers because they're big cats that swim and for like, on, I'm looking at her website right now. Oh, right. and oh. I I clipped I clicked a link that says that swim, and it just takes you to a <laughs> a Google image search uh, uh, with just says tiger underwater. Nice. And I'm just looking at tiger swimming. So that is professional profile, everyone. That you hey. can just say, hey, I'm really into tiger swimming. Here's a bunch of photos of tiger swimming. I mean, yep, the magic of the internet. Um, 2018. It it is. Is it 2018? It is still. It's been too long, been too long of a year. Uh, one of the one of the other things that they've done in this book, not in not in this trade, but in uh, and actually the next the year two collection, um, McKelvey took like uh, six months off of drawing the book, and they had a guest artist for each issue. Each issue, really, yeah, and it's really cool. They had Brandon Graham do it, drew an issue. Uh, they had. Chris Anka do an issue, and he no. doesn't. Uh, wait, was it Chris Anka or was it? Hang on, I gotta look it up. The uh, first thing I want to say is like I really hope that um, All Red did something because I just feel like his style and uh, McKelvey's style are so similar. Maybe not similar. Like their colors are usually pretty different, but like their their design and their, and their styles of drawing are similar. So I'd like to just see that slight take on it. At least yeah, that's so in my mind. The the entire like third arc they had, Kate Brown doing an issue, Tula Lote did an issue, um, Stephanie Hans did an issue, Lila Deluca Del Duca did an issue, Matt Lopez and Brandon Graham, <laughs> and then yeah, I'm sorry, I found it. It was Kevin Wada. He did. Oh. They were like, hey, do a guest issue of the book, and he's like, uh, I do character design and costume design i don't actually like to draw sequential art and they're all cool we'll make it a fashion magazine do fashion spreads for every character and then we will hire other writers to write magazine articles as if they are interviews hmm oh that and that was the stuff that was in the back of this collection right no no that's that's a whole issue of the comic it's issue number 23 (laughs) oh wow that's a crazy issue that they laid out like a magazine and had it be a Pantheon magazine. That sounds awesome. Yeah. That's gnarly. So the speaking of Pantheon, what, what is the Pantheon? Oh man. Let's, let's dive into it. Okay. The concept of the concept of wicked and divine. I think like if you've been paying attention to, you know, non-Marvel and DC comics for the last several years, you've probably heard it, but it's, there are, um, these pop stars who are gods, like reincarnations of mythical gods, and they have godlike powers and godlike abilities and godlike fame, 
and they will be alive for two years and then they will die. I think it's interesting because I think um, manifestations is probably a better word than reincarnation. Although it does seem like they try to put it like they definitely put it out there as reincarnation. No, you're uh, right. I feel like manifestations is a better term for it. Because they take existing people, like existing teenagers or whatever, or 20-somethings, and then, uh, as you find out in the comic, there's like there's there's sort of a handler. But essentially, these already existing people with already existing lives are found to possess the spirit of a particular god, and it's then awakened, and then they become that god. They still, it's like they have dual, like, what's the word I'm looking for? They're, they're still them. Yeah, like they don't, they're still they, them, but they're also this god. It's kind of... It's, it's not like the god takes over. I don't even think... It doesn't even really look like they have their memories or anything, per se. It just looks like they have their powers and they're sort of... They embody their spirit. Like, their their uh, their shtick. <laughs> like, more than more than anything else. Um, which is really cool. And it, it, But they do apparently only get two years to live after that. Yeah, which is which is kind of a, a bummer. It is a super bummer. But they, well, that's that's one of the things in the, that's constantly addressed is that these, you know, God, they have these powers now, but they're going to die in two years, which means that they sort of have carte blanche to go off the rails and like fight each other and do things with people and put on crazy shows and just sort of like there there is no tomorrow. For all intents and purposes, yeah, and, and it's, I mean, I think to a certain extent, it's it's a, it's clearly sort of metaphorical of, um, of superstars who sort of burn big and burn bright and burn out, you know. I I think it's, it's a very clever way to do that, mm-hmm. uh, you and know, sort of like put a direct obvious, um, you know, point on the fact that that is something that does sometimes happen when it comes to like music superstars uh i yeah i think that's definitely like a big inspiration um i also think that superstars as far as when i was reading this i really because is the first time that i was reading this i really expected it to be more like like music specific like especially knowing the the two main creators like i thought for sure they were just gonna pull out a ton of music references <laughs> and just have it be like, Hey, by the way, if you don't know music, you're really not going to enjoy this, which is kind of what I set myself up for. Which is um, what phonogram did to a certain extent. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It was, uh, I expected it to be a lot more like um, supernatural phonogram. Um, but in fact, I think what, uh, a better word, sort of like how manifestation is a better word than reincarnation. I think that idol is better than like performer or, mm, or superstar. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'd... I, Go ahead. No, you're you're absolutely right. Yeah, I, I think that uh, not only do they put on shows and concerts or whatever, but they're also just fashion icons and culture icons and party icons and like uh, what was the other uh, like just people that are in the limelight for everything. Sort of, oh gosh, don't hate me, but they are sort of Kardashian esque in that way. No, I mean you're totally right. It, it's it's. It's funny because this book isn't that old, mm-hmm. but there are elements of this book that feel dated. Yeah, a little bit, right? And I feel like one of them is the lack of references to, like, because clearly a lot of the, the gods are based on pop stars at the, as they were when this book first started coming out, when they first started writing this book. Okay. But, like... I mean, and we can and we can play this game, which I kind of want to do. Okay, um, <laughs> maybe maybe for maybe not for all twelve, but we can sure. do it for a couple of them. Uh, but like the 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 clear Kanye West analog, yes, not like he's Kanye West in, you know, twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen, right? He's not twenty eighteen Kanye West. <laughs> which which I mean, but to be fair, no, I mean, and but uh, but also like just culturally, the Kardashians weren't at a place where they would be influencing this, whereas now they are. Oh, yeah, for sure, right? Now the sort of, like, Kardashian... I don't know how to verb that. Kardashian-ing of pop stars with, you know, people like Cardi B and, like, uh, Nicki Minaj and stuff like that. Like, Rihanna has her own YouTube channel where she gives makeup tips. (laughs) 
Oh, but Rihanna is in this book. But Rihanna is clearly in this book, but not a Rihanna who would have her own YouTube channel giving makeup tips. The Rihanna right. that, that appears in this book uh, is like is a totally different person. Like a lot of stuff has changed since 2006 in the pop landscape, and I think it's it's funny and also very ironic because yeah, it's been two years. Yeah, it, it's just th- so many things have changed in the last two years. Um, not just musically, but also, um, uh, shoot, what's the word I'm looking for? Like aesthetically. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And you know I think Wicked Divine has been coming out for more than two years. I think the the date of... This is 2014 in this book, right? Yeah, yeah. that's right. So it's been coming out for four years. The, the date on the first time they released this double trade collection, the first 11 books, that came out in, um, in 2016. Right. You know, my, my thesis for uh, the use of undercut in comics is slowly, like, I'm going to have to close that chapter soon, because even, under, even undercuts are starting to look dated now. I know, it's true. So yeah, 2014 is when it started to come out. Okay. Um, so I yeah, thought they mentioned that in this book, too. That's, yeah, no, you're right. It, it is very grounded in the time that it's in. And so, yeah, it's 2018. This book would be over, because, like, in 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 actual comics publication time, it is still, it's still within the two years mm-hmm. for the books that are coming out now, at least according to a couple months ago. It's the last time I uh, caught up. Um, but it's it's crazy how much the pop landscape has changed in the last four years. It, it is super crazy. Yeah, it, things are just completely different. Um, let's go back and I kind of want to touch base when you said the Kanye character, because I like if I was explaining this to somebody. I think that might be first of all, I didn't put Kanye together. I don't I don't know why. Maybe that's just me, but I think that's hilarious. Um now that you say it, it makes total sense. Wait, are you serious? Yeah. Like I don't know. I could have I maybe Usher if I had to really like think about it. Okay, let's be honest. My taste in music is terrible. Like on a on a baseline sort of barometer of things that you should listen to to become a better person and like with a cross section of things you should listen to because it's good music. I am pretty much on the far end of both of those spectrums. Yeah. (laughs) Your taste in music really is just atrocious. It's not good. So forgive me if I have to limp along here a little bit. Um, But that being said, his name is, and it totally escaped me until just now, but they call him uh, ball. Well, that's his God name. I forget his actual, I think Victor or something like that. Um, so Ball is, uh, and I had to look this up because I had heard it before, because I'm a giant nerd, because it was definitely in Stargate. <laughs> and that's well, where I well, recognized it from. And and the name Ball applies to a lot of different gods in a lot of right. different traditions. They yes. actually reference that in this book, and then um, it does get referenced later in the series as well. So Wikipedia, uh, by the way, which I have up, uh, which I also mentioned several times, uh, says uh, Ball was a title and honorific, meaning Lord, in Northwest uh, Semitic languages. Um, so Semitic, I'm assuming, according to this, would probably be... Uh, so it mentions Hebrew and Christian and Islam, so probably all up in that. Yeah, like Judaism. Um, so he he mentions that his name is like Ball... And then something specific, and I totally forget which one it is. Yeah, I mean, Ball is a like the worshippers are the worshippers of Ball are antagonists in the Old Testament of the Bible a bunch. Okay, um, but he's just sort of like a like a power, you know, focus on power, old god kind of a situation, like temple prostitutes, human sacrifice, all that stuff. Um, he said he was the other one. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like. There, there's, there's not a, a massive distinction between them. Ah, so it's, it's there like was some of them are, some of them are lords of fire, some of them are lords of like storm, but like the, the, the intent, the thing that lies underneath it is power. Right. The, the sort okay. of worship of power. And, yes, and, and I that think was... that the most obvious pop tart, pop star, touch pop tart is hey, hey, um, no, we'll get to those later. Uh, is. <laughs> is Kanye circa the song Power. Mm-hmm. The chorus of which that... is no one man should have all that power. Oh, shoot. Yeah, that's a very good point. Okay, and I in get fact, it. Um, there's a point where Ball is walking with... Um, 
oh my gosh, how can I, with Laura, and he walks by a fresco of himself, and the fresco mm-hmm. of him is a direct reference to the Kanye Power music video, uh, which was actually actually directed by the guy who directed Demolition Man. There's your <laughs> fun fact of the day. Um, but it's like a direct reference to that music video. But I don't think it's it's only I don't think he's only a reference to Kanye. I think there's definitely some Usher in terms of like the sex symbol element of it. But I also think there's some sort of like black album era Jay Z in there in terms of like swagger okay. and like I think like any any nonchalantness. Yeah, any is rapper who has said multiple times in raps, I'm the greatest rapper alive. Mm-hmm. You just roll all that into this guy. Yeah, like T.I., um, <laughs> yeah. a lot of a lot of the, um, but but especially like like specifically that point of no one man should have all that power is is I feel like the most the most obvious thing for Ball. And if you look at the canonical official Wicked and Divine Spotify playlist created by Kieran Gillen, which you can find if you search Spotify for the Wicked and the Divine, uh, it definitely has that song on there. It's that song's definitely on. There. That's awesome. Okay, that's good to know. Um, I had not like put that together at all until just now, so I'm happy with that. <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah, 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 and that's exactly who he is. Um, and his whole thing is like so. Apparently, even though they're gods, they don't like they they are there for two years to inspire mortals, essentially to sort of be like burn loud, burn hot, um, put a bunch of ideas into people's heads. And then let the ideas play out for ninety years before they come back again. Yeah, um, which is which is honestly, like, the ninety years thing is interesting because it means that there wasn't a recurrence during the like sixties and seventies. Really? Oh yeah, that's true. Which, if you think about, just sort of like, in terms of musical importance, at least in the United States, and right. In terms of pop music, right. Like, that is where a lot of it exploded but i think you could say you know a lot of that stuff got started in the 20s maybe i i want to yeah i'm going to come back remind me of the word lightning because i might forget this because i want to talk about his lightning um okay but uh uh just to make a small point but i do like for me the thing that you just talked about um i think that uh as far as music goes would probably like the 60s and 70s are where it sorts so like you know when you're on a scooter and you get a good kick you know, and you get that coast, and then all of a sudden, the, like the uh, it starts like dying off, and you start like getting slower, even though you haven't touched anything. It's just sort of the momentum starts slowing down. I feel like that's probably what they were going for. Like sixties and seventies would be towards the end of that, where like we have this huge evolution and this upheaval, and then sort of coming down off of like nineties, and then like in the late nineties, early two thousands, we had the rise of house trance um hip hop uh gangster rap uh even you know like punk turned into something else and everything sort of got like revamped up and then sent on its way again and now we have like mixtures and and clashes and remixes and stuff of you know a good 80 90 years worth of uh music that just got pushed off from the 20s um yeah. so i think that would just be my opinion on that um speaking of which um my opinion on like, I like the idea that um, his whole thing is not fire, like, especially when they call it out, because the whole point of, like, the gods is they do have miracles that they work, but they also just basically have powers, I guess, is that what you want to call it? Yeah, there's, and there's so, this, like, weird superheroic element of it, too. Yeah, it's very supernatural, and he calls out specifically that he doesn't do fire, which I think is really interesting considering the people that we just associated him with. Uh, you know, that would totally take on, like, the heat or the flame or, you know, the, the burning hot. But he's like, no, I'm the other ball. Like, I'm this other ball that deals with, by the way, Ball Hadad, the god of weather, hurricanes, storms, thunder, and rain, uh, which is Assyrian, um, which I think is really cool. So it, it gives a little bit of a twist, um, but it also, like, I, I think it, it mellows out, like, the, the fact that a lot of these other characters which we should probably transition into the main character, especially for the first six issues, which is uh, Lucifer. Yep. Well, I mean, like, besides, who has... besides sort of the, the audience insert character. Yeah, do we need to talk about her? <laughs> about Laura? Yeah, uh, I think we do. 
No, are I know. You, it's are fine. you not? Are you not crazy about her? Um, I like her as a self insert, or not a self insert, but like a um, a viewer insert. Um, but I really think that in that first six issues, like Lucifer was the main character. Yeah, and... I mean, it was all kind of focused around around uh, Lucy or Lucifer. Yeah, and and I mean, the whole arc was like, why did this happen, and how did this happen, and what happened with her and around her. Right, but she's also the one that's like. Laura's there to sort of connect the dots to to make sure that you're not just getting everything from the, you know, the immortal side of things and sort of like show you what uh, powers the gods have on um, just people going to their shows. Um, but uh, I really I think, think I just that put together the pun of the name of the first trade and now I'm actively angry at Kieran Gillen. Wait, wait, what was it? The first trade is called the Faust Act. Oh, that's stupid. <laughs> but it's sort of like Laura making a deal with the devil, but also, but also it's the first act. Yes, that's very clever. I'm sure he was super happy with himself when he came up with that. God, it's just like like everything that Baphomet says later in the book. Oh man, okay, so Baphomet is super good. But uh, real quick, so I we we should finish talking about Lucifer because she is the what's what's it's not MacGuffin is the wrong word because that's the thing that that you're searching after but what's the thing that the catalyst i guess the thing that kicks yeah. everything else off yeah yeah she's the yep yeah i think catalyst is a good way to put it she is the thing that ties laura to the rest of the pantheon she is the yeah, thing that gets the pantheon she, talking to each other again yeah she takes she like picks laura out of a recovery room and is like i'll come meet all these stars now Right, which is a little strange, but I guess she frames it with the fact that Laura was the last one to pass out at the show, because <laughs> yeah, everybody else had passed out already. Too. Yeah, and I think that's, like, it. they never really, they don't spend a lot of time in, in these issues really delving into, like, what the gods do and what the powers are, but, like, I, from, from reading a lot of it, I sort of get the idea that their concerts are concerts, but also, like, like worship events but also like communing with a god and so there's like this level of like i mean and 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 there's very clearly the like acid ecstasy issue with dionysus uh so like right basically being in the presence of a god has like physical effects on all of the on the the mortals and each god kind of has a different thing and it's 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 never really like delved into super deep and there's so many guys that I'm like, man, I, I want to see, like, what is it, like, what is, what does it look like when people go to a ball concert? <laughs> I would like to, I wish they'd kind of gotten more into that. And that's why I think that, um, that that's exactly why I think that the musical aspect for me was not as strong as I thought it was going to be. Because I thought for sure every issue was going to revolve around a concert somewhere, but it, it oh, totally sure. does not. Yeah, um, I, think it's, I think it's more music as a metaphor than anything else. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, from being, from watching several panels with both Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey, and they just talk, was it, it was, uh, was it WonderCon? I think it was like two years ago where it was the Jamie McKelvey Spotlight panel, hosted by Kieran Gillen. I think that was. Was it coming? That was SDCC. Yeah. And and all they did was talk about how what records they used to listen to, what shows they used to go to, how far out of town the venue was, and like I really think that this particular book probably stems a lot from so like when the when the gods are are doing a concert um and you talk about like communing with a god and i feel like that's like them really putting in their like their best way to describe how they felt like going to all those shows and like seeing all those seeing all those concerts like this is how it felt to be in that person's presence but like what if it was you know actual magic or something like that yeah what if it wasn't just me being stoked but it was like like an actual thing, yeah. Which is right. really cool because I think it's something that everybody can relate to. Like, you know, everybody's been in that show where you're just like, this is, like, life cannot get any better right now. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, which I, which is super interesting. Um, I kind of, I was as I was piecing it together, so I was getting more and more into it as time went on, but I was also getting more and more confused with basically how the, like, how the realms are divided up because we definitely have double ups of um god sort of uh areas or or controls you know what i mean sure sure yeah like there's there's two death gods and there's like three fire gods and there's like one muse i mean it's not it's not the it's not avatar 
No, but I guess that's just me being tropey, because that's totally the way I would have written it. I totally would have been like, okay, we need one we need one death god, we need one fire god, we need one uh storm god, we need a, an ocean god, you know, like it's like gotta cover the whole gamut. Otherwise <laughs> So I'm trying I'm wondering if there's something that I'm missing about the the twelve gods. We haven't we've only named like three. Should we just go through and name the twelve? Does that matter? Do we sure. Care? Yeah, no, let's do it. Um and, and you know what actually this is I I hate part of me hates saying this. Uh, when we're talking about a book, when we're trying to get new readers interested in a book. But, man, let me tell you, I have read Wicked and Divine, um, like, these first... I've read the first trade of Wicked and Divine, like, three or four times. Um, but I recently, over this year, caught up um, everything up to the last trade that has come out. And so I'm probably, like, four or five issues short at this point. Um, but having got as far as I have and then coming back and reading this... It's yeah. so much clearer. Yeah, okay. Like they it, like there are so many things that I didn't understand the first time around or the second time around or the third time around, but like after having read a lot of the later stuff, I came back and I was like, Oh, not only is that do I understand that, but it's clever as hell. <laughs> like there are so many like if you look into the mythological references right. and stuff and even the pop references there are so many things that they are telling you before they tell you. Yeah, and and I really feel like Kieran Gillen is one of those people that like writes out like he's super into world building. Oh god. I, I I remember following him on Twitter just recently where he started digging out old RPG books oh, to yeah. like I don't know if he ever ended up actually running a game with them or he was just like looking through them and and sort of world building from it but like he's the guy that will build the entire uh clockwork of a world and then put the characters in it and start playing around with the pieces so i it, it would make total sense that you know 4 years down the line uh, he, he was already he already knew how this whole thing worked which is a totally viable option if you're like me and you just figure it out as you go along things tend to make less sense so yeah i well, guess that's my fault Let's go through the gods. I, I actually took notes and wrote down the names of the gods and a couple of the obvious um, obvious pop star references. I will be more diligent on the next book we read. I was reading this at 1 a.m. because I totally expected to read it for 30 minutes, like before bed. And then, and then, like, then no, 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 I got to see what happens. Yeah, gosh darn it. It becomes a page turner. <laughs> it um, really does. All right, so it starts with Lucifer. Um, the most obvious, uh, most obvious reference for Lucifer is uh, Bowie. Yeah, very, very clearly Bowie. Very clearly Bowie. But I think that there's, like, an element of, like, uh, there's also, like, this early Jagger thing going on. Like, especially her Satanic Majesty's request, or his Satanic Majesty's request. Um, I mean, she walks out of prison with playing with fire. So, um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think also, because it's, you know, 2014, and, like, there's, it's not just, like, Bowie himself but like throwback acts and other people who sort of like reference bowie in their music uh but i can't i don't i don't have anybody like that i can put too fine of a point on there's a part of me that that wants to say that she might be like a tiny bit of a reference to um what is her name uh she the singer she sings that song valerie she sings the song rehab oh oh um amy winehouse yeah yeah because it's just like this, uh, yeah. like this obvious throwback. I mean, I'm gonna throw in, I'm gonna throw in mine of um, uh, very much a Billy Idol, very rebel, um, okay. like you know, bleach hair, uh, sure, yeah, yeah. like shrug off uh, kind of thing. And I'm also gonna go with um, uh, like a Susie and the Banshees or Joan Jett. Okay, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think a Joan Jett. I could see um, Although just I think for, that there's other that kind of reference that as well. Oh, yeah, probably. Those are just the ones that like I was getting off of that. Sure. Uh, next is Ball. We already talked mm-hmm. about Ball. Kanye. Yeah. Circuit Power. <laughs> Jay-Z, Circuit Black Album. Uh, Sekhmet, okay. I think, is pretty obviously mostly Rihanna. Hold on, I'm going to find some. Oh, yeah. I mean, she looks like yeah. Rihanna. I mean, the, they took cool. Rihanna and drew her into a comic book. <laughs> um, um, apparently also an Egyptian god. Yeah. Um, Egyptian cat god. Yeah. Uh, but with not... a cult based in Memphis. Uh, I'm reading uh, hauntedphonograph.com. Oh, nice. Uh, but also not 
Egyptian cat god Bast, uh, but more of a like a lower tier chiller. But uh, but and then pop star wise, like obviously Rihanna, but also like an element of like Kesha in the like early Kesha years of like the party doesn't stop till I walk in or party doesn't start till I walk in. It's definitely got that club girl um, sort of post punk uh, pre. I'm gonna say this is gonna reference uh, another god later on, but like a a sort of pre slash middling um, Daft Punk kind of thing. Yeah, um, uh, I think less of like Daft Punk, but more of like like purposeful, obvious hedonism. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, clearly that's the um, but like, that's her whole shtick. Yeah, but I, like it makes me think of like songs like with like pop girl songs where she talks where they talk about how much they're going to drink or like how much they're going to dance. You know, like there's probably even some Britney in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But like, yeah, really okay, more, that makes like, more aggressive. sense. Um, next, I have Minerva. Okay. Uh, which is she's the like the little kid god. Yeah, apparently they always need one little kid. Uh, so she's twelve. All right. Um, and I think, and I think, like it's it's very clearly like visually she's she's based on like early Justin Bieber and like Jackson Five era Michael Jackson. Really? Because I was getting more of a Black Parade vibe. So okay. um, uh, all right, uh, I could see that too. Actually, what's I his face? That past Kieran Killen at all? Gerard Way. Gerard Way, yeah, yeah. Because there's also a uh, there's also a um, My Chemical Romance um, uh, reference later in the book too. Oh, see, I don't know enough about MCR to pick that up. Oh, it's just the one song. It's the karaoke scene. Oh um, yeah. Oh, you know what? Yeah. I did, I did. Also, apparently, Minerva is a Roman goddess of wisdom and the arts. Yeah. So I think they picked the little kid to sort of make sure that. Like the the more virtuous sort of um, god ideal is is upheld, um, and like not completely perverted like all the other ones are. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, for Amaterasu, um, mm-hmm. I feel, and I, and I think I've read an article about this that like the most obvious reference is Florence from Florence and the Machine. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, Janis Joplin. Yeah, I think to a certain extent, like any sort of like. Like I, I think, like there's like some feist in there, like Marina from Marina and the Diamonds, but mm-hmm. like these, maybe like, a little disco. Yeah, but like there's this this flock of women singers, like some uh, some Saint Vincent, who sing these like incredibly complex songs that crescendo incredibly, mm-hmm. um, and have like cult followings. Because I I think that that's like Florence and the Machine and Marina and the Diamonds, um, but yeah, I think there's some Janis Joplin, but less of the. But not like a Stevie Nicks. I don't think. I don't think it goes that far. It's not like that kind of weird witchy woman thing. I think yeah. there's other people who are very clearly that. Uh, she is a Shinto Japanese Shinto goddess, um, which I know from the game Okami. If you've ever played oh, that, yeah, yeah. Um, where the essence of a Matarasu is put into a white wolf, and so essentially it's like a, um, it's sort of like a a mother uh, son goddess kind of thing. Um, not like a progenitor goddess, but more like a um, higher tier goddess kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up is uh, Tara or Tara. Uh, was she in this volume? No. No. Okay, I didn't think so. She kept she waiting for that to referenced, be um, by someone saying "effing Tara." Yeah, all the time. And it, it there's a there's actually there is one issue about it much later drawn by a guest artist that is just devastating emotionally Mm. about that character um but i think but like what you get from tara from this book is that she's got a mask and a lot Mm. of people don't like her Hmm. Uh, yeah it definitely she seems to be um somebody that like pushes a lot of buttons or at the very least has her own vibe that just clashes with everybody else and so i think it's kind of like lady gaga yep because a lot of people love lady gaga and a lot of people really don't like especially like Lady Gaga, and they even reference like a meat dress. Yeah, they do. So, so that one's I think pretty obvious. Uh, next up, uh, is... apparently, hold on. Apparently, she uh, t- uh, Tibetan Buddhist deity uh, quoted as she who delivers or star, and is the essence of feminine compassion. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right, um, what's next? Next up is Inanna. Uh, mm-hmm. and which is a super fun character yeah and i think that he's pretty clearly 
a lot based on on Prince. Yeah, uh, I think it's just Prince. No, I, I think, think there's some George Michael in there. Why? Because of the scarf? Uh, no, not just because of the scarf, but but it feels like not just Prince. Okay, I get that. I just I got so much Prince. Um, oh no, no, it's like ninety five percent Prince. Okay, I mean basically just a lot of like nineties, um, like pop, I guess. Like just a lot of bright neon colors, but not like eighties neon. More like sort of uh muted calm. Um, a lot of glowing sparkles, like you would see in like a like an early '90s after-school special commercial. Yeah, I think that that's kind of. I think it's supposed to be very glittery. Yeah, very glittery. Um, Sumerian goddess of love, fertility, and war, and the chief goddess of the Sumerian pantheon. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Underworld Casimir. Okay. All right. Next yeah, up, I it have... basically just says Prince. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have Morgan. The Morrigan. The Morrigan. So is, I didn't know there was supposed to be a the in front of it. Yeah, and it's I've like heard the three, I've heard the term before. She's like a three part goddess. She basically has three different modes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it's 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 supposed to be like I've I've definitely read about this one that they say there's this sort of like like think of Karen O of the Yayas mm-hmm. in the sense that like there's those Yayas songs that are just like total destruction screaming songs. And then there's songs like Maps, and then there's like the um, Where the Wild Things Are soundtrack. And those are all from the same person. Wow. But they're sort of like the three, like the idea of the three different aspects of the Morgan kind of works the same way. Uh, the article on this one is uh, super long because apparently, with her being three different goddesses and with it mostly originating from um, Irish uh, mythology and like, Irish and you know Celtic mythology in general is like super fractured and, and hard to follow anyway because you know Loki is a dude but then his kids are a wolf and a snake and uh, it just gets really weird and nonsensical so uh, this says you know what go read that one because I'm not going to take the time to read like a page worth of text right now <laughs> uh, but, but yeah think, that's that's the gist yeah besides I think Karen o, it's like uh, PJ Harvey, Patty Smith, um, maybe even some uh, Kate Bush. Mm-hmm. But yeah, also, definitely some. Um, maybe I think some, there's uh, maybe some Kate Bush and Amaratsu too. So I'm thinking. Also, I'm looking at her uh, angry Canadian woman. Um, uh, the you ought to know what is the name? I, I got nothing, man. Really? Come on. She's in, like, oh, Fiona Apple. Oh, I was okay. For. Yeah, I can see that. Um, also, just Jean Grey from X-Men. And she's angry. <laughs> she just literally embodies Dark Phoenix. Yeah, right? With the red hair and everything. I think definitely wanted to draw Dark Phoenix for that one. Yeah. Uh, next up, and this one I think is fun, is Baphomet. <sighs> okay, so Baphomet, like, as a character is pretty dope. But I'm not entirely sure as far as... I mean, he just looks like every bad boy, I guess, but he's got the sneer like Elvis. It's so so. I I did some I did some looking on this one because I wasn't sure. Also, um, but then I I actually uh, some of my research was looking through the Spotify playlist, mm-hmm. and I think he's very clearly like especially because they reference none more goth and a lot of like specifically yes. goth stuff. It is yeah. it is like Nick Cave and um, Angels of Light, Michael Jira, like the like super dark like weird rock and roll that's just really really gothy yeah it's not like gothy for like florid goth sake but like gothy Mm -hmm. about like death is all around us and you will definitely die like that kind of (laughs) stuff yeah it's it's very like abandon all hope yada 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 yeah Um, listen to some nick cave and the bad seeds and you'll and it pinpoints it exactly uh, this also says uh, Ian Astbury of the Cult. Okay, yeah. Um, but as far as Baphomet goes, apparently, like he's not like a god per se. He's more just like a sort of mythological figure. Yeah. Um, supposedly, uh, a sort of uh, uh, reference to or god of quote unquote the the Templar order. Um, but because Baphomet's imagery is almost always like goat-headed, it just gets equated with Satanism. Yeah. Um, yeah. However, it's it doesn't 
really have anything other than like a a slight uh satanist uh tinge and and a lot of hey he was in a couple really 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 old books and that's about it yeah which um if and i don't want to give away spoilers but like looking at that character's arc over the next several trades um having a god who's sort of like fiction based Mm-hmm. Like not based on like historical worship, but more on like pop culture almost. Yeah, yeah. It, it it really fits that character, and it feels yeah. like and it feels like like if you dig too much into the history of Baphomet and look at it metaphorically, it's almost like Kieran Gillen's giving up, giving away a lot of stuff. Mm, interesting. Uh, the next one I have on my list is Woden. Okay, um, and the visual reference is very obviously Daft Punk. Yeah, obviously. Uh, but I think that he is not intended to actually represent the actual Daft Punk, um, yeah. but more he's intended to reference like um, pop producers who yeah who never actually like make albums of their own, but like they have their stable of pop stars who they produce the music, they write the songs, and then those stars go and become famous. Because he has all of his Valkyries. Yeah, um, but it's and... it's like Doctor Luke. Is is a guy who not a lot of people have heard of, but you've definitely heard of Kesha and Katy Perry and all of the people whose songs that he's produced. Yeah, okay, it, that makes a lot of sense. In a sense, uh, less Diplo, but kind of like Diplo. <laughs> um, in the sense that, like, he himself isn't famous, but more he has the power to make other people famous. Um, apparently Woden is a Teutonic slash Norse god that has der- derivation somewhere along the line between Wotan, uh, the Teutonic, that's T-E-U-T-O-N-I-C, mm-hmm. uh, god of war, and basically the more contemporary and familiar version of Odin. Yeah. yeah Wednesday um, is Woden's day. Ah, see, there we go. Um, so it's basically just a, a sort of weak, uh, Norse reference to, to, round out his sort of irreferential uh, character uh, as far as his powers and his belonging to the Pantheon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so besides that, we only have a couple left. Uh, next one being Dionysus. Uh, who is just the God of Molly. Um, what? <laughs> no, oh, I see where you're going with that. I, yeah. I was, I was mentioning the reference. Yeah. I mean that that issue is clearly like they he in the back matter he references the episode of Spaced where they go mm-hmm. to the club, club. Yeah. and it's supposed to be like what if everybody was on E? Or yeah. <laughs> but um, it's like yeah, but he is is what like Moby mixed with. Uh, I mean, I mean, I think less Moby, but more like Tiesto, Oakenfold, like legendary DJs. Avicii. Le- yeah. Uh, roll my eyes but uh like legendary house djs okay is, is kind of who he's meant to be somebody who who comes up once they get on the decks everybody is is just dancing until they can't not dance you know um i actually don't have him on this list right now oh. so i'm oh. gonna say that dionysus is obviously just the um uh he's the god I'm of wine roman? and party yeah Greek. roman he's he's roman. the yeah. god of wine and, and party yep um because bacchus is the other one the yes. one that uh bacchus would be greek and then it would make dionysus roman yep he's the in in fantasia mm-hmm. yes he's the usually he's the fat dude in the toga that's just too super drunk he's he's a uh, hedonism, hedonism bot, bot. yeah <laughs> why is that where both of our brains went because it's exactly <laughs> it's exactly that reference uh, i apologize for nothing <laughs> It's my favorite hedonism bot. And there's technically two more gods in these issues. One of them is the Norns. Yeah, which is more like a, um, it's more like a, uh, uh, Sirens or a, uh, Muse or, um, like the actual Muses, not the band Muse. Um, and, um, uh, the Fates, I think is what yeah. they specifically tie them to. Yeah, they're sort of like the, the, um, the Norse version of the Fates. But... Musically, um, I wasn't sure about this one. I was thinking like, oh, it's like Merkur or like Merzbo, like 
really harsh, dark stuff. This then, was this is way outside of my wheelhouse as far as this one goes. I have no idea. But then I was reading in the back matter, and he's saying it's more like think of like f- female indie rock power trios like Sleater Kinney. <laughs> okay. Uh, and and that's sort of where they were going with that. Makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then Persephone. Persephone, which is the um, Greek god uh, goddess of the harvest and the fall, yeah, um, famously uh, taken by uh, Hades, mm-hmm. the lord of the underworld, and held captive, yeah, um, because he loved her so much. Yeah, held captive for six months because she ate six uh, pomegranate seeds. seeds while she yeah. was with him. And so, which I, mean, I think is, she is really interesting. She is the reason that we have winter, at least in terms of from the greco-roman mythological perspective yeah greco greco-roman is neither greco greco nor roman discuss um all right so we haven't we've talked a lot about the mythology of the book and we haven't talked a lot about the actual book um, uh i mean to be fair it's our show we can talk about whatever we want yeah no you're right, no, you're right. Um, <laughs> the book i mean i mean candidly the book rules okay so like I am not a huge fan of Jamie McKelvey art, just in general, because I feel like a lot of his stuff is very posed, and it feels a little stiff in a lot of places, and a lot of times he'll try real, like, it looks like he's trying real hard to get emotion across, but it doesn't always come across, it always looks a little, maybe bland, a little Uncanny Valley, Um, but that being said, while it was a little rough going for me at first, uh, getting through the rest of this book... Um, I think it matched up with the writing like perfectly. I think he just did a really, really good job of, I mean, this book is basically about really beautiful people doing really beautiful things. You know what I mean? And, uh, I think he, I think he was definitely in the zone, uh, especially in, in issue like nine, 10, 11. Um, he was really knocking that out. I Uh, I think the coloring really helps with the dynamicism of the art. Oh, for sure. Because uh, I, I, yeah, I get you. I mean, I really like his like clear line style, but yeah, it can feel very static. Mm-hmm. It's it's the clean the lines are so clean that it's sort of hard to take seriously sometimes. Yeah, like there's like you never you don't really very often see like motion lines or like the distortion of somebody moving, right? That you would see in a you know a more cartoony or a looser artist. Uh, yeah, definitely. Like he's not a uh, Brandon Graham or a Brian Lee O'Malley or a Riley Rosmo kind of thing. Yeah, it's yeah. like the other side of that. Which is why I think that they started doing the arcs that are drawn by other people. Mm-hmm. I think part of it was to give Jamie McKelvey a break. Um, I mean, he does so much work per panel. It looks like. Yeah, it's it's gorgeous, incredible art. Um so much so many of the panels are like frameable on their own oh for sure like each one of these pages is got at least something of note each to sort of put on your wall yeah i feel like each issue has like at least one pinup that's just you know one either single page pinup or double page spread that's just gorgeous um page (laughs) of comics yes the drawings of the people (laughs) <laughs> pages 78 and 79 like mm-hmm. the the morgan crow storm oh man yeah with the green lightning yeah that's crazy, that's crazy. well and, and i think that that's part of where the like designer comes into because i don't think he necessarily drew all those birds no, you don't think so? Yeah, no. I mean, I, don't, I, don't... I can't imagine anybody actually drawing all of those birds. No, if you There's look... got to be a stamp somewhere. If you if you look in the back matter, um, Kieran Gillen shows... Because he does his, like, writer notes, which is... Which, if you follow Kieran, Kieran Gillen on Tumblr, it's... All of it is... All it is is just, like, here's my writer's notes about this issue. And it's like, dude, you wrote an issue, and it is 20 pages, and this is 20 pages of notes about that issue. Do you not... Like, do you have a point where you're not writing... Um, but on his hands are the strongest part of his whole body. Seriously, at on page three hundred eighty nine, um, mm-hmm. there's a there's a picture and it shows like Jamie's. Oh no, I guess he did the digital stuff because it just says Jamie uses a lot of digital stuff for the Ravens, perhaps unsurprisingly, which led to this panel and rough. And it's like the three people when they're in the like subway underground concert. 
Um, yeah. It's them ducking and then some lines and it just says effing ravens everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> just everywhere. Raven storm. I loved I loved looking in the back matter also for like all the little maps and stuff they drew. Oh yeah, well and and I I loved the the map of the con, mm-hmm. and just that the fact really that good. they decided to set an issue at the con at a con, it's like almost too much. Like almost like <laughs> hey guys, like like chill it out a little bit. Is a little too meta. Yeah, but uh, but I think it works because it's not a comic convention. Yeah, and so it's different. It would be you know a different kind of convention. I mean, but is it really? Yeah, I know. No, not really. I mean, <laughs> this, this, this book, I think is is, um, it really gets going. It really takes you. Like I don't, I don't want to say on a journey because it's it's not really an adventure book, but like, <laughs> you get into so many of these people's lives, these imaginary characters' lives, in this book. Yeah, there's so much like inner turmoil in all of these imaginary pop gods. I I just, uh, I think that um, the arc, so we, we should probably talk about Laura. Laura is, mm. first of all, I think it's hilarious that, you know, a just middle-aged white dude is writing a, a teenage uh, interracial, you know, uh, pop teen, I guess. I don't have a better word for it. Um, and making it, like believable, like in, in the way that, uh, you know, like things are, um, uh, when you're, when you're pulling from experiences of, of the past and you have to sort of convert them, um, or at the very least make, uh, pull the things out that will hold up no matter what age or, or, um, uh, era it is. And, uh, I think they did a really good job, uh, with Laura on that one. And they made her like um, a believable teenager, like a believable person. Right, but then they had to, but then that slowly gets worked away anyway from all the PTSD, <laughs> you know, and so you're, then you're just dealing with a character. I, I'm trying to figure out at what point I really fell into this, and I think it was, oh man, because I'm, lo- I'm looking through a lot of it, and a lot of it I was like either rolling my eyes at or sort of just trying to get my head around, mm-hmm. um, and honestly, I think the thing... It was just the end of um, page one forty six. It must have been the issue of end, uh, the end of issue six. Okay. With the whole thing, because from there, not only do you get a weird twist, because like I said, Lucy is slash. Should I? I don't know. How much are we spoiling this? Yeah, that's that's fine. It's been um, three years. Okay, I feel like when uh, Lucy gets her head exploded, <laughs> uh, it was a weird twist that number one, I didn't actually see coming because I considered her basically the main character yeah, and probably the, the go through for the rest of the story. Um, in fact, I, I kind of expected Laura to get killed or, you know, exit stage left somehow. And then Lucy to carry on the story is where I thought that was going. Um, but from there, I think I really got in because it seemed like the toys were being played with, and there was no, like, this is my favorite toy. I'm going to keep this one around. Sort of like, I, I don't know, what was it? Like, a sh- it was that one show where nobody, oh, like, like, like a Walking Dead situation. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, gosh, nobody's safe. Um, and, and I thought that brought a lot more uh, believability to, to the story overall. And that's sort of what really kept me going. Mm. At least for a while. Walking Dead now, there is definitely a group of safe people. Yeah, obviously. But I I mean, I was talking about the book. I don't yeah. even watch Walking Dead. I'm not going to deal with that. I don't, I don't need that kind of drama. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I feel like it's I feel like it's a nice twist because yeah, you don't expect that character to be the one who doesn't exist anymore. Mhm. Um and it seems like that character is built up with so much hype. Oh, yeah. Super. Yeah, so it's, it's it was pretty shocking. I remember being like, "Wait, what? Seriously?" I mean, <laughs> did they do they really? Did they do that? Yeah. Um, I don't, I think all the god characters are super interesting to sort of dive into their psyche, even though you don't really get a good shot at it the first time around. But then slowly, as they start sort of coming around more often and interacting with the main character, I think it's really cool that the main character Laura is. We calling her the main character. Is that like? Do you think that's a correct way to go about doing that? Yes. Okay. I'm going to say the main character. 
I'm going to say uh, that her apathy and her lethargy towards the journey, as it were, um, like in the in the middle of the in the middle of the collection, is I don't I don't know how else to say it except it opens up a gateway for the other characters to come in and fill the spotlight. Yeah, like she gives up. Like that character going through that kind of thing gives her an emotional reason to give up the spotlight and get you to care about other characters mm-hmm. um, and drag you into their drama and their lives and then cut away a couple times so that by the time you come back, you're not worried about what you've missed with Laura because she's already said, like, she's already just a lump on a log, you know, dealing with a lot of um, post death of a friend kind of emotion. Which I think is kind of brilliant. I think it kind of works with with who who she becomes right before the end of the book. Also, yes, which I think is honestly, eh, I okay. The end of this collection made me really angry <laughs> for two reasons. One, gosh darn, do we really need to do that? Like was like that felt so out of left field, especially with Cassandra getting that treatment also. Um, getting the uh, the god powers, as it were, and um, I thought that was like, oh, uh, okay, we're doing this. Oh, okay, all right. Well, I guess we're doing this. And then the end of this collection, where people just start getting their heads blown off, and I'm left with nothing else to read. <laughs> I'm like, you stupid. No other issue, no other arc in this entire eleven issues ended the way that that issue did. Yeah. And that's not fair to me. I, I like I, I can sort of imagine like Karen Gillan like cackling something. <laughs> well, I mean, it depends if they knew they were going to collect the first eleven issues. I guess that's why they collected these specifically. Yeah, I think it is. Um, but yeah, I, there was a point where it just sort of sucked me in and and really got me um, into the mythology. <laughs> um, and and there was also a point where I realized. Uh, that I was reading it because I was actually invested versus just following, uh, just versus reading it for the podcast. Mm. Well, that's good. That works then. Yeah, I feel like it did what it was supposed to do, right? Yeah, I can tell you that uh, the next trade is the individual character guest artist issues, that, and it doesn't actually jump back directly into the story for about six issues. Um kind of to like mess with you really uh i don't know if to mess with you but like you don't see the aftermath of what happens at the very end of issue 11 for like seven issues well that's frustrating i mean if you're reading it month by month yeah (laughs) but you get like different perspectives into what just happened in the last 11 issues you get backstory on some of the different characters you get a lot of information you get it, it it definitely goes through from like several different characters perspectives what just happened there's this. There's a fantastic issue, the Woden issue, where they actually remixed everything. They remixed like what, like the the story so far? No, like the art. All of the art is cut and paste from previous issues. Wow. Uh, with like different layers on top of other layers and stuff like that. Oh, weird. It's 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 really weird, but I think it's really cool. There's also one panel that has art from an issue of Sex Criminals. <laughs> Which we will read also at some point. Because oh, I need to get caught up on that. Probably. With all of the uh, various, or the all the varying covers. Yeah, we'll probably do a do a, a, like a year one of that too. We should do that. All right, well. Um, man, this book is, is good in such a weird way. Like, I, I, I felt unsettled ending this ending this read but but like unsettled in a way like when you feel unsettled after watching like a really good indie movie nice. you know what i mean there's so much uh, more for you to catch up on there's so many yeah. issues to read i'm down i'm in it's it's Put a it gateway. In my hands. I, i've gotten you addicted <laughs> yes i need to i need to keep reading this so this gets the uh, the official stamp of approval all right stamp because stamp noise I'm, we're gonna figure this out. Yeah, it's gonna be better than that, man. It's not gonna be kachow. Okay, well, I didn't say kachow. That's yeah, copyrighted. I can't say kachow. We cannot release. Dad we gum. cannot release this if I say kachow. Dad gum. Okay, dad gum. 
Oh, can we make dad gum? You think that it doesn't exist? Oh, I'm sure it already does. Okay, let's hit him with let's do let's do the socials. All right. Uh you can follow us at um uh, we are you should read this. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um we want to be your friends on all those things too. Follow us on the internet. Uh we're on on Instagram as you should read this comics. We are on Twitter as the exact same thing. Um if you search for us on the the Googles on Yahoo. Uh just look just look for the red stamp of approval. There it is. Just look for our, our dopey looking faces and the words you should read this and it's probably us. Thanks. Uh yep. Thanks for listening. Where can people find you on the internet, Ryan? Oh yeah. Uh, I'm on the internet at Ryan Roop, R Y A N R U P P E on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, etc. <laughs> Don't find me and on Facebook can... or Tumblr, let's be real. <laughs> you can find me at marginally talented m r g n l y talented on uh, Instagram and Twitter. I don't tweet much. I'm mostly Instagram, and you can see all the things that I draw um, because I October is almost over, and I have six Inktober's to get caught up on because procrastination is how I roll. Procrastination makes it happen. Eventually. Although I did just, I probably just like we don't know when we're releasing this, so it could be like. March by the time this comes out, and I just mentioned October. Follow him on Instagram. See if he did it. <laughs> okay, let's get out of here. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Goodbye.